0: Friday night at 9pm November 16 at the Golden Age Cinema. We're doing another special Comedians Talk over movies at the Golden Age Cinema. The movie we're talking over is one of my all-time favorites. It is... American Pie. Joining me will be our very funny friend Ben Russell and another yet-to-be-announced exciting comedian talking over the funniest movie ever, American Pie. Tickets are available in the show notes or head on over to ourgoldenage.com.au to buy them now. Remember, that's November 16. See you there. Cameron, we've got a very exciting live double episode happening on November 25th at the Chipper Hotel. What time? 3pm, it's a Sunday. You've got to be there. I can make it. I've it's going to be really good. I've got church that day. <laughs> well, me too. And the church is called the Total Reboot Live Podcast. I come to the altar of cinema
1: and I pray to Steven Spielberg that he'll make a sequel to Ready Player One called
0: Ready Player <laughs> Two. <laughs> well, we will be talking about... Not Steven Spielberg, but two icons, perhaps dark, satanic icons of cinema. (laughs) Two of craziest actors in history that we are both obsessed with. It's about two (laughs) remakes of classic properties starring two different insane actors. The first one, Cameron? The Wicker
1: Man, which is a reboot starring Nicholas Coppola, a.k.a. Nicholas Cage. Yes,
0: please don't dead name him. <laughs> We're going to what's talk- the second one? The second one is our Christmas special, bitch. We are talking about How the Grinch Stole Christmas, starring Jim Carrey.
1: And we've got great guests for both of these episodes. It's two eps that we are recording. Mm-hmm. For the price of one app. Ep- for the price of one. Tickets are moving, so if you want to book... I suggest booking now because it will sell out.
0: They are a link. There is a link available in the show notes right now. You can click on through, buy some tickets, 15 bucks a piece. And also, if you're a Patreon supporter, you've got a little discount code sitting in your Facebook group right now to get 5 bucks off.
1: So get to it, Jungle Babies. Start booking and we'll start looking
0: at that movie. To watch and discuss live. We are not screening the movie. We are discussing the movie live in front of you and audience. We will be very similar to how we are doing it in the episode you're Lexi about to hear. is hell.
1: sweating right now.
0: I have not booked a cinema. <laughs> I've booked a pub, the Chippo Hotel.
1: Come and hang out with us, you fucking beautiful freaks.
0: Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the Total Reboot with Cam and Alexi.
1: You're listening to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies. My name is Cameron James, and the rest of this introduction is going to be taken over by Alexi Toliopoulos.
0: My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and the further premise of this podcast is we compare and contrast reboots, remakes, and rip-offs with their original films. And today we're going to be talking about... Suspiria. The remake of Suspiria from 2018, the year that we are currently living in as this is being recorded. Trump is president. (laughs) Just for context, for context, Trump is president. And Alec Baldwin plays Trump on SNL. Yes. He's a cast member. Alec Baldwin currently is a cast member, probably the fattest cast member on SNL currently. (laughs) Bobby Moynihan's not there anymore. It is currently Alec Baldwin is the big boy of SNL. And joining us to talk to us about Suspiria today is something that we wanted to have on the podcast for so long uh, you know them from the mix where they talk about movies with me and you know them as a curator for Golden Age Cinema it's Kate Jinks thanks Hi. for joining us Hey, Kate.
2: thanks for having me I thought you were rapping for a second when you were introducing the podcast well, <laughs> my <laughs>
1: name's Alexi and I'm here to say
0: <laughs> I like Jubis podcasting every day. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much so I remember when we started this new podcast Total Reboot I emailed you like the first day I was like hey which one do you want to do and you said Suspiria so I'm so glad That we finally get to do it
2: I know, thank God Someone finally rebooted this movie (laughs)
0: It's finally happened
2: Thank God Thank Gaia
0: And for 2018 audience I mean, this is the Suspiria for millennials out there This ain't your
1: your granddaddy's Suspiria It's not even your grandmummy's Suspiria It's your grandchildren's Suspiria
0: (laughs) Your grandchildren's especially
1: (laughs) Hey Kate, how do you like being referred to As a curator?
2: Well, I mean, it's better than movie buffs, so I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I am a film curator, I suppose. Yeah. yeah.
0: Whereas Alexi is a movie buff. I'm a movie buff. I'm a cinephile. A oh, registered wow. cinephile. <laughs> I'm currently unregistered. <laughs> yeah. Cameron's unregistered, but he Under is. The table. Yeah. <laughs> people are suspecting him of being capable of cinephilia out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't read my subreddit.
0: There's a lot of chit chat. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate, you specifically want to do *Suspiria*, and I thought you would be the perfect person to do it as well because most of the conversations you and I've had—one, obviously, about film. Two, we've talked love a lot him. about I just love you him. love movies, don't I love you? Him. Do you prefer film or movies?
2: <laughs> I prefer cinema.
0: Whoa! Correct, correct answer. <laughs> correct answer. Welcome to the podcast.
2: <laughs> Flicks, <laughs> Actually, thank you here. very much.
1: Flicks are very good.
0: Flicks are awesome. I like webisodes. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like streaming. No You're the only yeah. person. <laughs> uh, so, are we always talk about witches as well, I believe. You and I, we love witches.
2: I am a massive witch enthusiast. I love them. I live for them. I really wish I was one. But <laughs> sadly, I have not found those powers yet.
0: You just got to stumble across a little coven of Wiccans around here. Yeah. And yeah. just find out how to do it.
2: Yeah, I remember once I was in... Um, Scotland on like a family holiday and I was a kid and I said to my mom she was like what do you want to do and I was like I just want to go to the Loch Ness Monster Museum Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. apparently there's a witch museum I want to go to that and she was like oh don't say that out loud because they'll come for you in the night.
1: Oh my god that's the worst thing she could have said.
2: Are are they? I have been (laughs) waiting ever since that was 1994. I am still waiting for them to come for me in the night. Wow. (laughs) Kate
1: i got two words for you. The craft.
2: It's a very good movie. It's
1: very good. It's one of your favorites, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I really like it. I mean... I
1: I feel like this is going to be me generalizing as a man talking, but Mm. every woman loves the craft, right? (laughs) 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 I've never met a woman who doesn't love the craft, and I also love the craft.
2: Wow. What does that mean? But uh,
1: I think I like it because it taps into something that I like about witches, that this is about... It's not just about magic. This is about power and taking power back
2: yeah it's all about reclaiming power um but it's also just like you get the best look as well Mm, like witches just have the best look
0: they're cool they're scary they're spooky you get
1: to wear sleeves that come down to your knuckles Mm.
0: they love the smiths they love the cure (laughs) that's what i like about witches
1: you finally get to admit that you're
0: a big smith's head which is awesome and Faruza Balk, my God, could a more perfect witch exist? I don't think so.
2: Uh, do you know that Faruza Bulk retweeted me once and I have <gasps> never gotten over it? Oh my God. She didn't follow me, but she retweeted me what and that was she... enough.
0: Oh, oh but, wow. But uh, do you know
2: that she was like an occult um, consultant on the craft? Because oh she my was God. like very deep into Wicca what? at the time. So she was the one who was like giving them <laughs> tips. That's on amazing. How The spells should work.
1: I wonder if she did the same thing on the water boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get stuck into it. Let's talk about the brand new Suspiria from 2018 by Luca Guadagnino.
2: When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. I
0: feel like I'm not even
2: here yet incredible one two three the way she transmits her work you have to decide what is it you want to be for this company
1: there's more in that building than what you can see doctor you are living there's dangerous people
0: give your soul to the dance is the tagline to this movie? <laughs> that cannot be a real tagline. Did, a young, did either
2: of you do that?
0: <laughs> no, that's on there.
2: Give your soul to no, dance. No, I mean, did you give oh, your soul to dance? Oh, give my to the soul to dance?
0: dance? I gave my soul to the devil many, many years that's ago. That's beautiful. <laughs> a young ballet dancer travels to a prestigious dance academy in Europe only to discover it is a front for something far more sinister and supernatural amidst a series of increasingly grisly murders. So Suspiria Is one of those movies That you found you, It's hard to imagine That someone could do A remake of it Because it's mm. such A singular entity mm-hmm. It exists as itself There's nothing There's no Nothing really like it apart from imitators, I would say. It's like
1: pre- if someone were to recreate or reboot a Razorhead by David Lynch or something. It's yeah, like This no, I would is a, a tonal <laughs> piece. Well, I would like that too, and I want uh, Greta Gerwig's
2: a <laughs> Razorhead or yeah, something. that would actually be very cool.
0: I want a big Hollywood. I want Brett Ratner to reboot a <laughs> You want The
1: Rock as a Razorhead?
0: I think it would be wonderful. Put a bit of wig on him on top of him. <laughs> Get rid of the bald heads. <laughs> Uh, But it still exists as a single entity, and it's hard to imagine, but I always thought the plot for Suspiria, just the idea of this young girl going to a dance academy that is secretly a coven for witches, that is a 10 out of 10 plot for me. I think that is marvellous. And that does not exist in the original film at all. So whenever I heard that they were going to do a remake of Suspiria, and when Luca Guadagnino became attached to it, I became incredibly interested, because I thought if you just shift the focus away from... From whatever the original, from the tone on. and the yeah, like, yeah vibe. changing the tone and changing the vibe and focusing maybe more on the plot of the mm. film or the story of the film itself. There's more than one great movie that can come out of that plot, and that's what I was looking forward to going into this, and I think it successfully does that. I think. Having watched this movie twice now, I think I'm a very big fan of it. I know, Kate, you were very excited for it because you're a big Luca Guadagnino fan as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I found out that Suspiria was being remade, I was horrified, like, mm. total table flip moment for me, very angry. And then I found out that it was Luca Guadagnino. I was like, well, all right, like, if anyone's going to do it, yeah. I'm glad it's him because mm. he'll do something very beautiful and something quite different, mm. you know, I imagine. And I just could not wait to see this version. I've seen the original just like more times than I can, you know, name. Mm. It's a comfort movie for me. So Whoa. Yeah, like I
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the most uncomfortable yeah, movies. That barbed wire that you- scene. Yeah. Very relaxing. Just, like- That's when <laughs> yeah. you really sink into <laughs> the couch, that Barbed Wire scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's really beautiful. I just got <laughs> my chuckies out. No, it's. um, I, I've just seen it so many times, yeah. I think, that it, it's just like background noise to it me. It kind of washes over you
1: as well mm. as a movie. You don't really have to follow it, it just happens to you. For sure.
2: Cool. And I went to see a screening of it at the Perth Film Festival a few mm. years ago. Yeah. And they actually flew Goblin out, the band, oh. to do a live. They scored it. Yeah. That is amazing. It was incredible, except I'd seen it so many times that when they were like noodling around, like having fun with it, it was just like, that's not the sound, guys. That's (laughs) what it. You say, which now. This (laughs) is not canon right now, Goblin. You must remain to the canon. (laughs) Um, I did love also that they were taken to, like, all of Goblin were taken to the zoo to, like, meet koalas the next day. And the idea (laughs) of these, like, (laughs) older, like, progress. <laughs> dudes, who you know are most famous for saying like you yeah. know, <laughs> which, you know, we're just like meeting koalas for that, the day. Is just, usually, like, you the just most see beautiful image, Zac
0: Efron or Selena Gomez with like a little koala <laughs> on them on Instagram. But seeing like these crazy Italian dudes, I, know, I love it. I oh love it. god, I love this country so much. <laughs> <laughs> what a country! I know. Maybe we should start talking. Start there because in the last episode, we didn't talk too much about the Goblin soundtrack. We touched on it a little bit. It is one of the best things about the original film. Going in, this film has a soundtrack by uh, another uh, <laughs> uncomparable artist. <laughs> uh, Tom York from yeah. Radiohead does a soundtrack. I don't know you're a big fan of Radiohead, Cameron. I am not.
1: You are not. You have no
0: relationship with Radiohead or I Tom York. I think I've York. heard one song by Radiohead. Creek? Creek. I was in oh, Creek. creek. <laughs> Dawson's Creek? Yeah. The Creek? <laughs> they did the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I
1: loved Radiohead. I still, I still would say I love Radiohead and I'm a Radiohead fan, but I found. Anytime Tom York sang on this soundtrack, uh, it was incredibly distracting to me.
2: Don't you think it sounded a bit like the Sufjan Stevens yes. soundtrack for Call Me By... Like? There were uh, moments when I was like, I thought Tom York did this, but he's just playing the same yeah. Call Me By His Name soundtrack sort of, under it. Well, I
1: mean, I, I like Tom York's solo stuff too, and it just sounded a lot like that. So mm. the music was fine. It was like sweeping me along, yes. very repetitive, very you know, rhythmic and everything. But then every now and then you'd hear Tom York, I'm like,
2: and I was like, shut the fuck, shut up, Tom. This is
1: not your movie. I feel like it doesn't feel right. I feel like I'm 15 and I'm like putting a mixed CD together for a girlfriend or something. <laughs>
0: I I think I enjoyed the soundtrack more on my second watching of the film and this I had to so see different. it again because I had to because I was You had to come with me. I had to see it with you, but <laughs> I was also, so scared. I was just like I didn't know how to process it because I think this is such a of all the remakes that we've done on this podcast, this is the one that I've been confronted by the most in a positive way, where I felt that it is drastically different from the original, but then it's also quite similar and there were so many elements in it where there's like shifts in the visual language of the film itself that I found hard to come back around on. But Hmm. seeing it again, I'm like, no, this is fun. When it switches, it's like fun and it's like a horror movie.
2: Yeah, see, I can't wait to see it for a second time. Mm. I only saw it that one time so far. Um, and I was one of those shitheads who saw a really early <laughs> early one yeah. and then, like, posted about it online. Yeah. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> like a horrible you broke the person. code.
2: Like, no, I wasn't, like, you know, hashtag protect the secrets, Fantastic Beasts <laughs> or anything about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I just kept, I kept thinking about the film so much and I was, like, putting up images mm. and then... People were sending me these messages like, you, like, yeah. see, like, did I, you like it? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I loved it. I hated it. I loved it. I hated it. I spent yeah. a lot of the film c- concerned with, like, how, whether I was enjoying the film or not. And I don't know if it was just because I was so excited to mm. see it mm. or, and I wasn't, I just wasn't. Like, it could have been the worst film ever and I w- would not have been disappointed. Like, I wouldn't yes. have let myself be disappointed yeah. by such a big thing. I
0: think even on paper, this movie sounds like it was literally invented for you. Like, you are the tea, the key market for this film, the target demographic.
2: The witches would have been lesbians if it was invented <laughs> for me, but... If only
1: yeah. there was one extra scene in Oof, there. I well, know. who's to say they weren't? There's, that was never explored. <laughs> no
2: one's
0: sexuality was explored in this movie, really. Yeah, that's yeah that's it's true. 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 They were all kind of like... This is everything. No,
2: they were just doing their thing. They were careerists. Yeah. This
0: yeah. is maybe one of the sexiest asexual movies yeah. of all time.
1: But you raised a raised point that I was kind of... We kind of dance around a bit on this podcast, but we never really confront it. And that is, who are these reboots for, mm. ever? Like, is a reboot of Suspiria for people who loved the original Suspiria? Or is it for people who had never seen the original mm. Suspiria? Because for us... Especially considering, you know, we just watched the original. Yeah. It's hard to watch this movie and not be immediately comparing it to the thing Mm. we've seen. You can never be fully sitting in the movie and letting it happen to you because the whole time you're going, oh, that's different. Mm. That's... Yeah. That's odd. That's a similar. That's an odd thing.
2: Well, the So Luca Guadagnino says that he saw a poster for it when he was 11 and then he saw the film when he was 14 and he became obsessed with like making his own version of it, which wow. is pretty cocky, mm. right? Yeah. Like to see a film that's so great and go like, I'm going to make my own <laughs> I version. I could do it better. Yeah. But, so he's been like wanting to make it for such a long time, but I think it's probably largely for people who... Have never seen the original. Must be.
1: Yeah, it's 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 different enough that it feels like it's taking like fans of the original can watch it and get a completely different experience. Mm. But also it feels like they're going. This is for a new group of people who want to see a witch movie, and maybe there'll be a sequel, and maybe an an art house
0: film. Like a friend of ours, Ian Barr. A uh, film writer in Sydney tweeted, I think that I thought was very after he said that Suspiria is the first horror remake made to exclusively lose money. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
2: I guess that's kind of true, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not part of like a massive franchise. And...
0: and even though the original Suspiria makes it onto all of these lists of great films of all time or great horror films of mm. all time... From doing the podcast last week and getting feedback from people that had listened to it, people have been watching the film for the first time because of the new one coming out or people have heard our podcast on it and people even, and it's such a strange entity that even though people will listen to the podcast first, watch the movie for the first time after, they were still confronted by like how crazy that film is. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's really wild and I think you can watch it. And uh, like it's just kind of gory and stupid. Mm. Like it's very silly in the dubbing, everything. Mm. There's a lot going (laughs) and conspiring against that film. (laughs) But it's still just very beautiful and like very singular, even though there is a new version. But also, like Guadagnino has been saying this isn't a remake, like it's a cover version. Yes, that's is, what I like to yeah. think of it's remakes Yeah, a fun thing
1: says. that charismatic filmmakers like <laughs> <Right>? to say.
2: <laughs> but like he, I think he originally said it when he remade a different movie, when he did A Bigger Splash from a few years uh, ago, yeah. it was a remake it of La Piscine from the yep. s- 60s. Um, yeah. It's a
1: great soundbite. Yeah. To say this know. is a cover version. Like when Tim Burton said reimagining or whatever it was. Of oh, Charlie
0: the Chocolate Factory. Or oh, yeah. one of those Planet, ones, of, the Planet Apes. of the Apes or
1: something. Yuck. It's just such a it's like you're saying reboot. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but I do I
0: do feel like that is pretty accurate with this because there are so many similar things it's very different it is also so very very different it's one the original was 90 minutes long pretty much this is two and a half hours long this is like 20 minutes shorter than the fellowship of the ring
1: there is only one movie really longer than this and that is pirates of the caribbean 3 which i just watched again (laughs) which is seven hours four hours long and it's it's about pirate politics Really? And it's awful, <laughs> god awful. Uh, yeah, okay, let's. Why don't we talk about the differences then? Mm. We're heading into spoiler territory. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's do it. So obviously the length.
0: Big key difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the visual language is another really key difference mm-hmm. because both of them are incredibly stylish films. The style is so different between them. There is similarity, but I think the original one is all about bold, striking, crazy color and cinematography that is almost two dimensional. That we were talking about how mm. it's almost animated cinematography where there's a foreground and a background. And there's no interaction between the two. This one, the cinematography is also insanely gorgeous and so captivating. I think it is the opposite of two-dimensional cinematography. Perhaps it is three-dimensional <laughs> cinematography. But there is so the much space interaction. Space is used space a is lot. Used, interestingly. Like
1: you, you, the camera travels across the length of a room multiple yep. times in this. Could, and sorry, could
2: you imagine a 4D cinema version of this? Oh, I
0: don't know. Oh, to. That, uh,
1: that first death scene would be Yeah, <laughs> disgusting. just being rocked around in, in a chair and then
0: getting them sneezed at you. <laughs> I think that's what I would love to see this as. But, it, you know, there's so much action that happens in the back. Background here, or you're forced to look at like parts of the f- film that is out yeah. of focus or Depth some weird. It's very strange, like, there's one early scene where we follow the character played by Dakota Johnson back to her hotel for the first time. And we are seeing a conversation take place exclusively in a reflection where the focus shifts between the two characters. And it's so weirdly off center that I just couldn't help but be captivated by it and just be trying to analyze like, what is the choice of doing this? Why? Are mm. they What is the decision of this being done this way? But also just being, sucked in and go like, fuck, this is bold to go, where this is how different we are going to be from like the calculated imagery of the first one.
2: Yeah, and like the first one is like so colourful and beautiful, mm. like the cinematography is incredible and it was made in, like came out in 1977 and it has this real 70s does 20s mm. kind of look mm. to it. Mm. Um, like Dick Tracy. <laughs> yeah. But this one is, you know, it came out in 2018 but yeah. it's actually set in 1977 and it's gone with a real 77 uh, Berlin look. So yeah. it's really muted tones. Yep. It really looks like a Fassbinder film. Yeah, um, of course, Rainer like, Werner
0: yeah. Fassbinder.
2: Yeah, like it really has that. It has like a bit of a Christian F kind of vibe yeah, in and it. And it's too, all that. rusty and red yeah. looking.
0: Yeah, all those kind of whites
1: and sort of snowy colours. And I mean, there's punks in one scene <laughs> with
0: mohawks. It yeah. looks punk. It looks
1: like a, it's punk, a punk version of Suspiria. Movie.
0: But I think, <laughs> yeah. which is weird to say, because the other one feels like a punk movie as well. Yeah. But it's just the difference. It's like just that. It's weird because it feels drastically different. But the way we're talking about it is still very similar. It's mm. one of those
1: things that when I, when the movie first started and what where kind of the first images of the film are quite... Mm stark and white and muted colours and Mm. beiges and stuff. It's in a flashback. And my immediate reaction was, all right, so he's just doing the opposite. Like Mm. He's just gone for a muted colour palette rather than an insane one. And that kind of annoyed me for a few seconds, but I really got sucked into the look of this movie. I loved that it was a warm, Mm. that, that it became quite a warm film, even though it's about quite a dark... Subject. Yeah, I think that was an interesting choice. It's
2: very kind of austere. I mean, there's a lot of weather in this film. Like yeah. Everyone looks very cold in yeah. this huge building. Um, but what was I going to say? I, I also think that it's interesting that the politics in this film, mm. like mm-hmm. a lot of horror films, you know, the pol- like the Horror is like an allegory for something bigger happening in the world yeah. Or whatever And this film is just like front and centre He's <laughs> like, we've put the witches up against, you know, like Nazi Germany And yeah. like the like Buttermeinhof, The Butter-Meinhof group Yeah, it like was very not subtext at all No It was text And was, I, yeah. like I, that bugged me a little mm. bit, I have to say Because I kind of, like I like it very mm. much It's like, yes please put like <laughs> the Buttermeinhof group <laughs> yeah. in this Against there witches? So yeah well, much of it. It's you know. so
0: much of it. It's almost like there's a whole separate film in there, st- also starring Tilda Swinton well, but yeah. as an an old man <laughs> in this second film where it is dealing with Germany at that exact point in time in 1977, as, which is so different to the original because the original one, it it's doesn't, timeless. doesn't it's say another, really yeah. when yeah. it's set. It could be set any time. It's, a, like you said, a timeless film. Yeah, This is a film all about its, it's time It's about this exact now. moment, which is
1: interesting and yeah, I agree. I found it pretty cool and I, I got it. Like, but then I also, at a certain point, the third time we heard radio broadcast... About yep. it I was mm-hmm. kind of like "Oh Yeah we, we know yeah. We know what you're we doing We know what's happening Yeah let's just no, get I've back To the witches the lives what of others What yeah. doing Yeah
0: exactly <laughs> I've seen the lives of others I've seen Atomic <laughs> Blonde Let's get back to the movie I want to see a witch Get <laughs> fucking torn up Speaking of witches
1: uh, I found it very cool That there was no Big reveal That there was a coven Of witches In this movie mm. I also liked uh, I The was mysteries won- elsewhere Yeah I was wondering How they were going to Deal with that And I kind of liked That it was sort of You know Revealed just through The most casual Conversation of all, it just sort of started with the witches just in a kitchen, just wandering around, bitching about their students, and then occasionally saying something witchy, and then back to just normal... Bullshit yeah. about th- the school It was awesome
2: Yeah Finally a film That you know Captures how <laughs> Witches really live just,
0: right? <laughs> just normal lives Every now and then Good. They'll get a cop naked And play with, his penis with yeah, like these
2: penises And a large talk But then they still Have to teach And <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I just want To see them cooking <laughs> It was
0: like yeah Like every now and then One of
1: them would be like Oh Helena Marcos We need to blah 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 And then someone else Would be like By the way I've got to teach That class <laughs> <laughs> <Can> <laughs> i got yeah, to run Yeah i got to Prepare this Fucking movement class That I'm And fishing. then at five I've got to Three. stick a
0: hook through a dead girl that we've got sitting back <laughs> in one of the cupboards.
2: Oh god, those hooks!
0: It was grisly. It was yeah. a very grisly it movie. Was
2: grisly, and like I th- the first one is, of course, quite gory. Mm. You, you discussed the razor wire scene at length yes. in your last episode. Yeah, um, but this one, I it was the grisly stuff that I didn't love. Mm. It was like the one thing in this film that I was a bit. Uh, you know, like, and there was a little bit of CGI in there that I yeah. wasn't. CGI keen blood on. is very.
0: Whenever you see it in a film, it just it takes you out of the moment. I mean, I, I, believe.
1: I, yeah. I was trying to wondering what the other options are for this. You know, be, how do, how else do you depict this violence in a stylish way? And I mm. think maybe there's a part of them that maybe compromise with the studio and went, "All right, well, we'll amp up the gore because we're it is a three hour movie." Yeah about politics so <laughs> and dance so yeah all right we'll give you like politics we'll, and dance yeah, <laughs> We'll give you one solid minute of pure gore yeah. and it I think it was fine it, that first death scene where that girl's body just gets contorted. Um, Which
2: was the first scene that they revealed at like a co- not Comic Con but something like equivalent. that. Like the equivalent, yeah, fantastic. It's, whatever, it's horrifying.
0: first or art house something, con, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like <that>. Guadagnino head. <laughs> That's where it's a really going. disgusting
1: sequence. I, like, I think it's know. a fabulous moment it. of horror. It's incredible, but it is really, it's so
0: gross. It
2: really set the scene.
1: I was so disgusted
0: by yeah. it. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's I think it's up there with like Hereditary as like one of the best horror moments of the year where it's just someone you're seeing this the elegance of this beautiful dance is so that's so striking mm. in its choreography and the way that's filmed intercut with this horrifying <laughs> gut-wrenching <laughs> just body being contorted and like just everything but the skin being ripped apart on mm. this oh, body
1: my god
2: it was so great i've
1: never seen anything like it i mean it was clearly a mix of practical and CG, yeah. but that combo just makes me sick every time.
0: And I think and sound <laughs> so, oh, so the sound hard. design is oh, so Oh my god. It's I reckon they really ripped apart a chicken for it. <laughs> it was
1: Maybe. So disgusting. Come and I'll there was a the few following. other I can't remember if there was anything else. Oh, I guess the whole final sequence mm. is incredibly gory, but that felt like a video game or something to yes, me. Yes.
0: That to me that is where it struck me. I think maybe if we don't talk too much about the plot line for that, Mm. but we can talk Mm. about the climax of the film on a technical level or a visual level at least, where I... That's the reason I had to see the film again because I, I... I don't know. I remember texting you, Kate, after I got out. I was like, I think I liked it, but I don't know. The ending is so strange. Yeah. Because it takes this weird visual shift that is so different to all the visual language that has been established in this film so far. And the screen goes completely red for several minutes. It looks like a Marilyn Manson video. It fully is a (laughs) Marilyn Manson video. Like, it's just all scratchy and strange and the frame rate is changed in the film. I don't know what. I didn't get my clock out to time how many frames are going <laughs> by. But, you know, it's probably... The third s- time you say it. And it's yeah, incredibly and gory, time. obviously. And, uh, um, it's this bold choice where it's just basically a room of red where there is a ritual going on and then people's heads begin to explode.
2: It's wild. Um, I <laughs> was really oh ready God. for it by the time... Yeah. It, you know, a lot of time passes before <laughs> yeah. we reach that. Yes. Did you know
1: about that sequence?
2: No, before? I, I okay. actually... I read nothing about okay. the film before I saw it because I really wanted to go yeah. and call. I really wanted my own experience But you were emotionally
1: guess. ready I was emotionally for something ready. to happen. Yeah, yeah some explosion. Yes shows.
2: after so long I was just like please something. Yeah. Something's gotta give um another fave of mine. Great movie. But um <laughs> Something's gotta give Diane. <laughs>
1: Maybe this is something's gotta give <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah I don't know like it was quite quite a full on scene though. I mean I I I'd, I've didn't watch American Horror Story until recently. Mm. Until like like after I saw I the f- latest. I really Asperia. thought you were gonna say
0: American Pie, and I, just was, <laughs> I was loaded for that. You know the pie scene, yeah, very
2: similar. Cherries everywhere. Yeah. No, there was, a, but it it has like now that I've seen that, it has that kind of similar gory, yes. grizzly vibe oh, that okay. I wasn't actually aware that people were watching. So TV that's what,
1: there. yeah, what. Like,
2: I just felt like,
0: oh, Mainstream right. horror is doing yeah, 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 I felt
2: like, oh, that matches up with yeah. what is out there at the moment. I
0: agree with that. I think that makes sense. Yeah. But it's just, to me, it's like, it's comical. And it's like, I think you had to adjust for, this movie has had moments of comedy, but not moments of levity at all. No. And it's weird to me that this is the most moment of levity where it's just like everyone's heads are exploding with like huge funny. soundtrack.
1: I think it's crazy. And it's like so overwhelming that you don't feel anything. Like, I didn't feel disgusted Mm. or sad. It was just like, the soundtrack is loud... There's shit going, blowing up everywhere. The screen is red. All I can do is just sit here and look at it. I don't feel anything. I felt
2: like I was laughing kind of nervously Mm. in that scene. Probably inwardly, (laughs) it was a media screening. It would have been weird. It's (laughs) the longest
1: thing. It's so long.
2: (laughs) I just say that Alexia and I went to a media screening of a different film. And media screens are usually such quiet, Mm. sacred places. Uh And we went to see the book club together. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Diane
0: Keaton from (laughs) Something's Gotta Give.
2: (laughs) And when we were just like having a hoot. And when we 10 a.m. <laughs> appeared on screen, we were both like, oh! We like, screamed. crazy. Anyway.
0: <laughs> it was the best. It was it one was of the best funny. screenings I've ever had.
2: But back in Suspiria yeah. Land, um, it was quite a quiet, <laughs> quiet mood. Yeah. A um, somber mood in there. And, and everyone's kind of trying to work out what they think about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I I felt like I was nervous by the time that scene mm. rolled around. Like, I was kind of giggling a little bit to myself. Yeah just because I didn't know what quite what was happening and couldn't really cope with right. it. I and think. especially at
0: that point in the film, the plot has kind of drastically shifted from the original. So it was like, I don't even know what structurally Yeah, you're watching a new you movie going. now. It's not, yeah. it's not the Suspiria you know. I
2: think. I mean, I think it's he really sets that up very well that it is a different movie mm. from this from the outset. Like you said, Karen, that um, that you know that they're witches from the yeah. get-go. Whereas yeah. the whole first film, it's like, are they witches? Yeah. Maybe I've heard some rumours. Maybe and this they, one.
0: One was killed by a devil hand, so maybe there's <laughs> maybe. a witch involved. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but this one. Um, yeah, you just know what it's about from yeah. the start. And then it's an ex- like a very, very different film. And like the Madame Blanc character, mm. Tilda Swinton's character is like a new character yeah. pretty much, you know.
0: Tilda Swinton's only playing new characters. Does she also play Helena Marcos? No, she did, yeah. Yeah, she okay. did, yeah. So that's the only characters who existed. And by the way, I'm dying to get a little hand installed oh my on God. my body somewhere. Me too, me too. I
2: really wanted to go as that for Halloween, but oh, too soon next too year. That soon. is
1: also one of the most vile things I've ever seen That's on
2: screen. Really it's so really the sweaty. fleshiness mm. of it. When you
0: finally see that Helena Marcos, she does look like Pizza the Hutt from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> or the trash monster from Fraggle Rock with just little hands yeah. everywhere.
1: I saw promo shots or something from that final sequence that were in colour, that were not mm. in red. So they must have released promo shots that were, or maybe they tested mm. it mm. <laughs> in normal colour and then someone went, you can't. That's too That's disgusting. disgusting. Please too make vile. it all red. And it looked, i got to tell you, it looked beautiful in colour. It mm. didn't look as gross as you'd think Marilyn it would look. It's really bloody. Yeah. But... The this detail in the room that you don't get to see when it's in the way it's been coloured, mm. the room looks incredible. It's a beautiful looking place. Everything is like made out of hair and stuff like mm. that. It's really wow, just like
0: Mike's suit in Cat in the Hat, <laughs> made of real human hair. But I think I think everything that we said is stuff that I could have predicted that this movie would be. I would suspect Luca Guadagnino would change the film in these ways uh, and embrace the film in these ways. The things I did not expect would be moments of fan service for the original film. I would never have expected stuff like that in something like this. I'm using the term fans of us usually. But Jessica Harper is in this movie Mm. as well. I did not know the star of the original Suspiria at all would be in this. And I was like, this is crazy to me that she... That is the thing that blows me away out of all of this because I didn't think that he would be doing stuff like that in this film. I didn't think there'd be moments of honouring the original film so overtly in like a fan you know, servicey way like I don't that.
2: think he's an asshole. like I think that oh I'm that, not saying that please <laughs> no, Luca
0: please Luca if you're listening to this <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're so- an <laughs> asshole.
2: <laughs> but that makes sense to me that yeah. he would be putting those things because he is such a big fan himself yeah. mm. so like he would have wanted her to be in it yeah right I actually thought she I knew she was going to be in it yeah and I thought oh maybe she's going to be like one of the witch yeah. something. But yeah with her little hands or something with her little hands
0: yeah. but she plays like a character that's almost irrelevant to the Plot yeah. of the main film. She plays a character that is involved in like this uh, World War Two subplot of the film that also stars Tilda Swinton. Like I said, as an older man, uh, but I think she was fabulous in it. it. Made me wish that she was in more movies.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen her in much else.
1: Was there? Forgive me if I'm wrong, but in the original, did they go into the world building of these three mothers that exist around the world, Not or is that really. just something that we know from? It's, uh, Dario Argento talking about it. It's, yeah, and from yeah. the other films he right. made in the series. I yeah, think. Because this film Inferno is like insane world tears. building. This movie, they talk about that a lot. And yeah. there's this whole... Um, like a big part of the plot is that there's three witches all around the world. Mm. And yeah, the three mothers. That's, that's crazy. That's so, like taking... So, like text from three different movies and yeah. bringing it all into the plot of this main movie. It's it really made
0: odd. me feel a little bit odd watching that in the film the first time. It was time like a because... Wikipedia entry
1: in the middle of the movie.
0: <laughs> it was like a Wikipedia entry but it made me feel odd like going like it feels like set up for something larger doesn't it? That's like, what it felt I felt like, Do like a sequel? Like or a definitely. trilogy the Three Mothers trilogy and it made me feel a bit sad that he well, like if that were to be the case because it really mm. did feel like set up for a franchise of films or trilogy mm. maybe franchise is the wrong word but a trilogy of three mother films like the Guadagnini uh like uh, uh Dario Argento tried to do and did do and it felt to me like that felt almost mean or something because mm-hmm. I know that was Dario Argento's like his dream was to make these three movies, and he made two of them, and then it took him like 30 years. He didn't make the the final one, Mother of Tears, for so long, and then it bombed and was a critical flop, and no one really likes so it. It's hard to find now. And it made me feel sad that, like, what if Guadagnino is going to remake all three <laughs> of these movies or make his own Three Mothers trilogy, but because he has, like, modern success, he can just do it? And it made me feel... I don't know it just made me feel icky.
2: Well he's a very busy man. I reckon he's got a few other things. He's, he's already made, making another trilogy. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did read it. It like a Freddy vs Jason thing, like Tears vs Size or something.
0: <laughs> that would be incredible. Well, I did
1: I read an interview with the co-writer <laughs> of this film and and he said that they had more story than made it into this film. So they'd kind it's, of oh my God. mapped out this whole world in a way that involved the three mothers. Yeah. So that wouldn't surprise me if they had ideas. And the way the movie ends, I'm not going to say how, obviously, but mm. it, it does imply that the story is not over in many ways.
2: Yeah, it felt like it. It felt like there was a lot more that they had written that they yeah. couldn't fit into the movie and they tried to fit a little too much. Mm. Like, you know, like it opens with Susie Banyan, like uh, Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Mm. Um, she's like from a Mennonite family, yeah. From, yeah. you know, in America, who's like made her way over to Germany. And then it turns out, like, Wikipedia style that um, Mennonites are actually originally from Germany so maybe like the Mennonites Mm. you know all of that sort of lineage like maybe she's a witch who knows it all connects yeah but I felt like that part of the story was a little limp Mm. like we didn't get too no. much Got a handful that. of
1: flashbacks and she talked about it at one point.
2: Yeah, some dream sequences. Yeah,
1: it was kind of odd like that. Can we I... talk
2: about the dream sequences for a sec? I didn't yes, like that. No,
1: I felt like The Ring or something. Because oh, yeah. that was the moment yeah. when I was
2: like, this is a Marilyn Manson. Yeah, like, totally.
1: Just shocking images into cut. Yeah.
2: And... <laughs> I always, it always takes me back to the ghost world when, you know, that film where they like character has to go to art class in like over yeah. summer and someone makes a really bad like student mil- like mm. an art yeah. film, mm. and it's just like mirror, father, mirror. <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah. worst student film you've <laughs> ever seen. And every time I see, I see a dream sequence, that's what I see, <laughs> yeah. and that is what I saw. With it's it. just it was every every
1: dream sequence in every horror movie or whatever has is exactly that. Yeah, it's yeah.
2: like antlers, a glass of wine, yeah. like some teeth, some hair. <laughs> just like, like
0: memory cards. Okay, now how do I connect all of these after seeing them? like Dali world? or Un Andalu? Yeah. It's like yeah, they're it's just, a... everyone's ripping off
1: that. Yeah. yeah. It's really, that. those moments take me out of it as well. Anything that feels mm. like I've seen it in other horror movies. Yeah. But, but you know, the, they're few and far between those
0: moments.
2: The, the dream sequence in Call Me By Your Name is one of my all-time favourite dream yeah. sequences though. So I know he can do it. Mm. I know he can do it, yeah,
0: I think I'm trying to think of what other like kind of between in Lucas filmography, what is the kind of what is the carryover between all of those films? And I think it is like a textual thing. Like I think his films have like a very, they're very textual. They're very touchy. Like you can you can see how the movie would feel. And I think that's kind of what he does here. And I think that's what he doesn't do successfully in those dream sequences. Yeah. They kind of They lack that. They just feel like just pulled out of nowhere I
2: agree like his like his films are really visceral mm. and like one of his big things is um, people preparing food and mm. like long platters yeah. of food and like a fish being gutted and someone eating or fucking a peach you mm. know things like that like these sort of moments were juicy juicy moments yes Um, and I think and they're all in this yeah. as well but it's the dream sequences that are lacking them it's like he subbed in another director to make mm. them mm. I feel Maybe he did. (laughs) That would be awesome.
1: Tilda Swinton probably did. Probably. Oh, yeah. We haven't really talked about Tilda Swinton at all. Is it too obvious to talk about the three roles? I feel like every bit of journalism has been about that.
0: We should should talk about the cast, because I think this is is a superb cast in a film. It's wonderful. It is. Tilda Swinton plays three characters. Plays Elena Marcos, Madame Blanc, and an old man whose name I can never remember. (laughs) She's the Eddie Murphy of our time. And it feels like... (laughs) No one else can do it. Wow. She's
1: the only one yeah. who has found a way to play multiple characters in a dramatic sense in various wow. films and yes. it's incredible. Like I can't think of anyone
0: else who I can do it. This is such a it. good wow. Cameron, you've unlocked it. it. my mind. <laughs> you've unlocked it. She is <laughs> this is Norbert. This is her Norbert right now. <laughs> <laughs> she finally did it. She got to make her Norbert. <laughs> But it really, it really is can she's convincing as all of them yeah. Just as, as much as Eddie Murphy was Can you think of another actor who <laughs> like, We're really belittling her Look, Eddie Murphy's great But I think Eddie Murphy, no Tilda Swinton. I would say Eddie Murphy and Tilda Swinton Are just as good as each other I, I think Eddie Murphy's a, Yeah, maybe not cut from the same cloth Maybe the same prosthetics But I think uh, they are from uh, the same latex I what think they Eddie are just Murphy equally talented
2: Like an artist as well You oh, know, like, like Tilda's sleeping No, oh, yeah, but when Tilda did that sleep Sleeping oh, yeah. Installation.
0: Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy It's sleeping. just Eddie Murphy having it... a restless night. Um. That's what I would love to see. Just <laughs> him not being able but to sleep. But can you
1: think of another actor, dramatic actor, who can be in in a prestige film mm. and play multiple characters? I really can't think of any. No, Tilda no. Swinton's it. Like yeah. there's no one else, and they're all completely different. And even though I didn't know she was playing multiple characters in this movie, mm. neither did I. Yeah did you did it take you by surprise? Like when you first saw The Old Man, did you know it was Tilda Swinton? I didn't
2: know it was Tilda Swinton wow. until after. Because I really, really avoided oh, wow. everything yeah. about this film. But
1: not even the voice? No, I thought, I thought
2: it was a strange child. Choice and I was like, "Why does this man have this really weird gait? Like, yeah. why yeah. is why he is this man so soft and like beautiful? This? I know I really was like, "Why is he walking like this? Like, yeah. that's a bit much, a bit <laughs> much yeah. old man." Um But I didn't know. Yeah, I, think and I didn't the, know she was Helena Marcos either.
1: I didn't know. Yeah, uh, any of it. But By then the when the when the around, voice, yeah. when I first heard the voice of the old man, yeah. I kind of cottoned on that it was someone in prosthetics yeah. and then I and then I was like, oh, it'll be Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Who else would be doing this? <laughs> it's not like it's going to be Dakota Johnson playing multiple roles yeah. or something. You know, like, no,
2: I don't think she could do it.
1: No, and she was good in this movie, mind I you.
0: think she's great and yeah. I, I like seeing her in this and it, I like that she's kind of following this path of young actors that just, they break out in this big mainstream movie like she did with Fifty Shades of Grey and then uses that clout to make... Fucking weird movies like this Like Rob Patson has done that Of course Kristen Stewart has done that And then Daniel Radcliffe and uh, uh, All Rupert of those Rupert Grint Rupert Grint of course Thunderpants would not exist <laughs> had, he not, had he not done Harry the Potter art house,
2: art house. <laughs> um, Yeah well she was actually In A Bigger Splash as well mm. His film from a few years ago yeah. And right. she was really okay. great in that And she was opposite Tilda Swinton in that as well
1: Yeah um, Oh I didn't know that That's, Yeah because I don't really Know anything about her I'd never seen Um I've Any not seen of the, the shades. shades. The Shades. I've but not seen the Shades. She was in the that rom com that came out a couple of years ago, being single, how to be single, or something like that. It's oh, one of those. oh, Rob yes. Passon. Yes, is he in that? I, I think so. I don't no, know. it was like Rebel Wilson's in yeah. it, and, oh, okay. and she's in it, and maybe Max Greenberg or someone like yeah. that. And I remember I did see that, and I thought she was fine in it. Yeah. But then seeing her
0: in this, it's like, well, she's good. Like, she can, she can do it. She can deliver. She captures that eagerness of someone wanting to succeed and taking those yeah. first steps. Of finding their ambition and taking hold of their ambition, but then as well, there's that that she plays like this very, it's sensual and asexual kind of vibe with her and uh, Tilda Swinton as Madame Blanc. I think she plays that so fabulously well as well. Where this film is so sensual, but is not it's not sexual. It's like, you couldn't even describe this film as horny like I would want to do.
2: (laughs) I know, you're just dying to call (laughs) this film horny. It is
0: on the cusp of horniness, but it takes a turn to be something else.
2: Yeah, which I love. Mm. I love that it doesn't fall into, like I joked before about wanting lesbians in the movie, but I love that it doesn't fall into that like erotic lesbian witch trap. Mm. As much as I love it, I'm glad that this film wasn't There's plenty
1: of nudity in it, but it's not. In any way, like a sexy yeah. thing yeah, at it's all. Like, it's
2: fucking creepy. It's really, it's you. really terrifying.
1: It's yeah. scary. You don't Nothing about see it is even framed in like a, there's no gaze. It's just like. Look his bodies and look how weird they look when they move. Yeah,
2: and like sex is mentioned once in this kind of weird moment. Oh yeah, and it's just really uh, um, jarring. Yeah, like mm. it doesn't feel right. and it's like, yeah. why did she say that? I won't give away what she said. Yeah, but it's just like it's confronting and a bit yuck. Yeah, um, and I love that.
0: I think this is a great yuck movie.
2: You know, I came in here going like, did I love this movie? I loved this movie. I think I
1: did too. I had the exact same experience. I I didn't know what I was going to think.
0: I think that's the way I've landed as well. I loved it and I think this this has been honestly the most one of the I would say up there with Psycho Gus Van Sant Psycho of all the remakes <laughs> oh. that we've covered on this podcast this has been the most fascinating one because it truly is what I would want us to be charting is people putting their artistic stamp or as Guadagnino said a cover version of the uh. film which is I think this is bold and I hope that we get to see a whole more people kind of getting the opportunity to put their own stamp on remakes now
1: yeah. well maybe we'll get
0: two more of these movies Oh man, I don't know That makes you feel strange <laughs> I kind of hope not That's that's strange
1: You know, the only way That they could do it Which would be kind of interesting Is if they let uh, Like if, you know Guadagnino produces mm. But other filmmakers Oh yeah
0: them. Well, originally this was going to be directed by David Gordon Green, who at this time has also just made his own reboot or legacy sequel mm. to Halloween right now. So it was going to be directed by him, with oh. Guadagnino producing and Natalie Portman either. starring. And mm. I feel like they all went on to do their own versions. Yeah, they all—they've
1: all made their that own. Would have been thing. dreadful. It just would. It's, I wouldn't
0: have been. Not as that. Th- not as exciting. I love yeah. David Gordon Green, but I I not don't see this. the stamp. No, not no, for not this. for
1: this. It's a totally different. Mm. like atmosphere that I don't think I want to see him
0: yep. try to capture. Unless it. we do have Kenny Powers underneath that. <laughs> Elena Marcos with just a little hand oh mucking God. around. I would have loved that. <laughs> Um
1: would you guys like to see I mean we've kind of talked about it but mm. do you think that there's potential in more of these movies or would that are you done now is I'm this done. this is it mm. No
2: yeah I'm done I mean it went for a long time and yeah. I I don't think that like I think that if he makes any more they'll go for like 18 hours or <laughs> yeah. something yeah. Yeah. if
0: he gets the if they get the, if they <laughs> give know? him the opportunity he will take it and yeah. it will be too much
2: Yeah no I just I thought that this was a really kind of great slice of mm. that witchy life Yeah and we probably don't need any more <laughs> up to the imagination yeah um, I'm sure that there'll be a few student films about that
0: oh for sure sh- oh my god going is cool be I a think lot of you just bring them on. to golden age every year I try and think of what is the film that's going to inspire student films because when I went to film school Inception had just come out oh my and god. that changed god. it before that was probably like pop fiction Yeah, I think you nailed it I reckon this is like the one right now where people are going to be like wow this and then people now are going to be inspired <laughs> by the original as well yeah. You just oh, you totally. it's, it's
2: this and hereditary as well. Uh, yeah. Like I think there'll be oh a lot of God. mini hereditaries. Yeah. And both of the films are like horror films that are all about motherhood mm-hmm. and about like mother daughter connections. Yep. So there's something there.
0: I think there's plenty there. I <laughs> think I think this is a high recommendation. As far as the experiment of what remakes can be, I think this is Uh, The opposite of the film that we saw earlier this year The Predator Which I think is such a low benchmark Of what you Mm. can do for a remake This is such a high benchmark This is something else This is a cover of a film This is (laughs) someone expressing themselves Through a structure or themes that are familiar to us
2: What is like an auteur horror film That you would like to see rebooted? Oh, that's a great question Because, you know, Halloween is Mm. one thing But Suspiria is another Yeah Like, is there something else?
0: Um, oh that's such a good question. I um wish I had an answer. <laughs> I try to that's oh gosh. I was going to say scream but then I realized scary movie did that. Scary movie <laughs> yeah. did do that. I think for me I always go back to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where we did see a remake of that and it is awful but I think that is a film <laughs> that has that is the one of the best movies that you could possibly rip off yeah like,
2: like great premise great premise if yeah. you
0: rip that off in some way and cr- like you know stuff like It Follows does that really well Yeah. Where well, I just think you should always be looking at the past and ripping it off and if you get the opportunity to remake it don't fuck it up that's all I'm saying <laughs> But I just—I'm trying to think. I'm fascinated with this question. Maybe I'll put a little sound bite in when I've thought about it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Try maybe to match up the sound. Some maybe like a hammer horror film. Like there's this hammer yeah. horror movie called "To the Devil a Daughter." I
2: love that film.
0: I think it, it is so. It is almost great movie because it's got Christopher Lee as like this crazy Satan. Everything in it is beautiful, and it looks insanely beautiful. It's shot by the same guy that would go on to do um, "Out of Africa," so it looks beautiful but then it sucks like everything in it is like kind of slow and boring and then it's got like the classic shitty hammer effects but i think if you take the good things of something like that and, or like that whole genre of hammer films, and then kind of take that to an art house level. I think there's something there.
2: Yeah. One of my other um, kind of comfort movies is Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. Which I reckon, like that, you know, then we could have a film of Rosemary's Baby that wasn't made by Polanski mm. and I yeah. could program it. That'd yeah. be
0: cool. Oh, well, I believe there's a mini series from NBC <laughs> yeah, that stars Zoe Saldana that <laughs> is <laughs> worth <a> watching. <laughs> hey, Kate, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Fine. Um you have got at Golden Age Cinema something I would highly recommend. If you're in Sydney, do you have the exclusive rights to First Reforms, the new film by grubby auteur Paul Schrader?
2: <laughs> yeah, starring Ethan Hawke. It's fantastic. It's like the best film about... Business, like ruthless business, Mm -hmm. and personal belief systems, and climate change. Yes, starring Ethan Hawke as a priest. Wow, it is incredible. Really great.
0: It's all that that she just said, and also somehow a remake of Taxi Driver (laughs) as well. Yeah, it kind of is. It really is. It's structurally the same. It's wonderful. It's one of my favorite films of the year. I've
1: been hearing nothing but good things about it. I really want to see it, so I'll come see it at Golden Age. The exclusive screening rights. you got to see. Sydney. It's so
0: good. You have to see on the big screen. I think it's really worth it. Kate, you've got Twitter and Instagram?
2: I do. I'm just Kate Jenks.
0: you got to find it. And you also have another one, Rainbow.
2: Oh, I do a Rainbow Connections Instagram. That's niche. I love it. I, think I follow I, it. I like yeah. it. It's, it's so good. good. It brings
0: joy to my day. Exactly, Good. Oh, I'm well, so glad it's you finding rainbow-inspired art and putting it up on that Instagram. It's another thing that you wonderfully curate, just like the Golden Egg oh. Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: you're Thanks, a curator guys. twice.
0: That's so cool.
2: Yeah, I don't know Instagram curator accounts. <laughs> you can
1: put
0: it on your CV, I'm definitely. An influencer, guys. yeah, for for sure. Influencer. You're an influencer. Rainbow influencer. <laughs> uh, next week, Cameron, we are talking about the Wicker Man, the original one starring Ooh. Christopher Lee mm-hmm. and Edward Woodward. And the week after that, we have got a live show. Uh, On Sunday, the 25th of November, where we are talking about the remake of The Wicker Man starring Nicolas Cage. It is hard to track down, but you can do it. Maybe go by means that Nicolas Cage himself would promote. Or Johnny Depp, who has been in a series of films that may give you a hint as to what I am trying to say. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. Me hearties. (laughs) (laughs) So track that down. And also we're doing a double of talking about... The Jim Carrey remake of The Grinch. So we're talking about two of the most insane Ugh. actors starring in two of the most insane remakes of all time. And that is at the Chipper Hotel, the 25th of November. That's a Sunday afternoon. Dreading watching both of those. Looking forward to talking about them, though. Well, we've got can, can we got some funny guests lined up we for it too.
1: Also on December 11 on iView, make sure to watch Be Your Own Boss, which is a pilot Alexi and I both worked on, mm-hmm. and it's very funny, I It hope. stars
0: Cameron and Becky Lucas, and they're both supremely funny. At it. And I hope you laugh at it. Um, what do you, what's your Instagram and Twitter? Uh, at this is Alexi on both. You're at I Cameron James on that both. That is correct. Thank you so much for sitting through our plugs, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and now we must leave. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Bye.